0: Blog Talk Radio. Let's keep it.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all you wonderful people out here in cyberspace listening to the sound of my voice, whatever time it may be in your sphere. <laughs> this is Elder Colette James, and I. I thank and praise God for another chance and another opportunity to greet you in the airwaves on the It's Real radio talk show, where we discuss real issues. Um and give you real talk on them. Seriously, we uh, we open up our forum to uh, for many different discussions and what have you, all centering, though, around the, the body of Christ and the word of God and the different things that we encounter on our daily journey and on our walk with the Lord. I am... Um, Solo this morning, at least for now. My um, two co hosts were both working this morning, but um, since we had taken last week off, I didn't want to miss another week um, of being able to um, get together with you because I think it's very special um, and I don't take it lightly for the platform that the Lord has given us to share. So I am I'm just kinda in it this morning. Um, I didn't have anything specific that the Lord had placed on my heart. Excuse me, normally I do <laughs> but this morning I've just kinda opened up the airways to, to just chat chat and um, if any of you who may be listening online want to call in and, and express your opinion about anything, the call-in number is 657-383-1283. So um, let's see. Let's start off with the goodness of God. <laughs> okay, We can definitely talk about the goodness of God. I think that there has been way, way, way too much um, rhetoric that has been coming out of the mouths of the children of the Most High God over this past month. Um, I, I, uh, I cringe sometimes at what I see and what I hear going on in the body of Christ just because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt how good our God is and the fact that he absolutely positively makes no mistakes Um, And because we know that, we know that we have a hope and a future in him. And, you know, no matter who is in, quote, unquote, positions of authority in and around our lives, he is that supreme being and he is that supreme authority. And it just kind of troubles me a little bit that, you know, we have allowed the division of the world to creep into the church And we, as the body of Christ, have to have a united front, Um, not just a united front, but to be united, to be, you know, one with each other in all that we are encountering and and endeavoring in this earth realm. And keeping in mind that, you know, God God has given us a directive to pray, not to fight, but to pray over each other, to pray over situations, to pray over those that are in leadership around us. And we have, too many of us have adapted to the world's thinking and um, allowed it to actually creep into the the church, and we are divided on Sunday mornings as ever, and that, that should not be I put up a post earlier this week, and I really would like to read it to you and just kind of expound on it a little bit. Um, I put this up on the 2nd of February, and it says that it is time for the body of Christ to be about our Father's business. We have exhausted, exhausted far too much time and energy on the foolishness of this world and not enough time on establishing and expanding the kingdom of God. Let's stop all this bickering back and forth and handle our business. We were created in the image and likeness of God Almighty to be his representatives in the earth realm. Do you really think God is in heaven debating whether he is supporting Trump or not? No. He is looking at his children, wondering when they're going to obey his commands. May I call your attention to your life manual, 1 Timothy Second chapter, the first through the third verse reads: Therefore, I exhort, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our and Savior, our Savior. It doesn't say everybody except dot, dot, dot. It says all men and for all who are in authority. The reason the body of Christ is so weak is because we have allowed ourselves to be divided on issues that are of little importance to the kingdom of God. You are fighting over what God has told you to pray over. Until you become the oracle of God and speak forth his decrees, you will never accomplish your created purpose. It is time to get back in the word of God and follow his instructions. And and that's, that's just truth. You know, that is just truth right this moment. This is where we're at in the body of Christ. Um, and we, we've got to get back to to the things that God has told us to concentrate on. He told us to pray over everybody, you know, and that does not mean white witchcraft prayers, praying that, you know, I wish you would drop dead, and and the prayers that they were praying over President Obama, I wish that you'd get mad cow disease and all of this foolishness, this is foolishness, this is craziness, you know. Whether you are a fan of the person who is in authority, belief or how they carry themselves or just them as a human being, matters not because God did not give an exception on his command that we pray for those in authority. So we have to get to a place in our walk with God that his word is more important to us than us uh, fighting and debating and um, being separated in the body. You know, Jesus told us that we were in the world, but we're not of the world. But we are acting as if we are of the world when we allow the enemy to come in and divide and conquer, and that is exactly what is happening. You know, we sit up and we complain about the different bills and things that are being passed in in our land, but the reason they're able to pass is because there's so much division in the body of Christ that we are not strong enough to stand up against what is going on. You know, we have been called to speak forth God's decrees and his directives in this earth ramp, and we're not doing that. Instead of doing that, we're shrinking back and arguing amongst ourselves and talking about those that have the power and the ability to change instead of getting in there, getting to know them and creating change. We need to become the change agents, and we're not doing that. You know, God created us to rule and to reign in this earth ramp, and we're not doing that. You know, there, there's a, a, a huge deficit in the power that we are utilizing as being a part of the body of Christ. God has given us all power. He's given us the keys to the kingdom, and we are not utilizing them. And that is a major, major issue. That is a major, major issue. So we have to shift our mindset, get rid of the thinking, thinking, the thinking, thinking. <laughs> whatever, you know, that we've allowed ourselves to engage in and start standing up as the great people of God that he has created us to be. If we were just to really, really pull out our Holy Ghost mirror, seriously, pull out our Holy Ghost mirror, look into it, I really, really wonder what we would see looking back at us. You know, I really, really wonder. I wonder if we would see the characteristics. And, and the mindset of God staring us back in the face, because that's what we should see. When we look at ourselves in the mirror of life, we should see the characteristics that Christ came to, to set an example for us to carry. We, we lose sight of the beauty of what he prayed for us and, and what he has called us to. I'm, I'm pulling up as I'm talking to you, I'm pulling up John the 17th chapter, um, because this is, this is truly, this is truly the Lord's prayer, okay? Um, Matthew 6 is the model prayer where he was teaching his servants or his, his apostles, his disciples, however you want to call them, um, how to pray. That's the model prayer. Our prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He was giving them the example, teaching them that, you know, before you go before our Father, you go with Thanksgiving, you praise him, you exalt him, you know. But you also, as he said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are missing that, that very vital link there that he has called us to exist Here in the earth realm Just as we would exist in heaven And I guarantee you There is no division in heaven There is no division in heaven Because if it was Heaven would not stand Those that tried to divide themselves From the things of God in heaven Were cast down That's Satan and the third of the angels That have fallen Because there was a divide There was a division And so God said I'm not having it And he kicked them out He kicked them out. So when you think about that and you realize how deep that is, understand what's going on in the body of Christ where there's division. God is saying, no, 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 I'm not going for this. I am not going to stand for this. You know, you're going to get it together. You're going to serve me with your whole heart. You are going to yield wholeheartedly to me, or you won't be a part of my body. Remember in Revelation, God said, you know, being you either hot or cold, because if you are lukewarm, I will spew you out. I don't want you. I don't want you sitting on the fence. I don't want you vacillating back and forth. It is either for God, for Christ, for the Father, you, you will live. You will allow the Holy Spirit to rule and reign within you, or you will not be a part of this this great in gathering of, of the remnant of God. There are many out there. There are many out there that Christ even said will come to Him in those last days, saying, "Lord, I did this in Your name. I did that in Your name." And He said, "I'm going to look at you and say, Depart from me, you." and wicked and evil doer, for so I never knew you. Why? Because you're speaking with lip service of what you did, but your heart did not belong to me. You did not submit and surrender yourself fully to me. For so we have got to come to a place in our walk with the Father, in our life with him, that we completely yield to him. Now listen to this. This is John, the 17th chapter, and I'm just going to take my time and just kind of wander through this since we've got some time this morning. Um, It says, After this, this is starting at the first verse of the 17th chapter of St. John. It says, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, okay? So now understand, this is why I'm saying this is the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that Christ himself prayed on your behalf. This is when he petitioned his Father on your behalf. You need to understand that and you need to get into your spirit what it is that he asked his Father to do. For you, because that's vital. That is vital. He says, Father, the hour has come. And I'm reading it out of the New International Version, the NIV Version. It says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he may might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work, work you gave me to do, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment. Now, think about what Christ just said. He said, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. If you go back to John 1 and 1, he says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Christ was in the beginning with the Father. Okay, And in the beginning, he was glorified with the Father. Now, if you go over to Ephesians, I'm going to tie this in for you. It talks about that we were in Christ in the, from the foundation of the world. So we were in him as he was being glorified with the Father. So the, the glory of Christ that the Father gave unto him is the glory that he has passed on to us. Understand that. So when you're sitting there and you're saying, well, that was Jesus, and I'm not Jesus, but God has gifted you with the same glory that he gave unto Christ so that you could accomplish even more than what he did. That's what he said. He said he's going away, and he would not leave you comfortless. So he left you with the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit that resides within you. And that is the glory that rests upon you. And that is what gives you the power to subdue the enemy, the power to tame your tongue, the power to treat people with love and reverence and respect, just as Christ treats you, just as the Father treats you. You know, he's given you that ability to do that make sure, make sure you're not forfeiting the ability that God has given you just so that you can entertain the conversations of the world, just so that when they're sitting around and they're bashing whomever, be it the president, the ex-president, the homosexual, the adulterer, whoever they're bad-mouthing and bashing, you are not to partake in the bashing of these people. That is not the call that is upon your life, okay, because you are to be glorified with Christ in the Father. So now we're going to keep on. We're going to start now um, in the sixth verse. We're still in John, the 17th chapter. I have revealed you, this is Jesus talking to the Father, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I'm going to stop there. Now, he said that he revealed the Father to his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. Again, Christ was our example. So just as he revealed the Father to the disciples that the Father had gave him, it is our responsibility to reveal the Father to those that God has given us. Your sphere of influence, the people that you work with, the people in your home, the people you meet on the street. These are all part of your sphere of influence. And what are you to give them? You are to give them the words of the Father. You are to give them Christ. You are to present the glory of God that he has indwelt within you, which is his Holy Spirit. You are to be apart from, even though you're amongst them okay? Let me explain that. Even though you may work in a non-Christian environment, an environment that is full of all sorts of things, even though that's the environment you work in, you do not have to partake of what's in that environment. You have been brought in to be an atmospheric change agent, which means that you are that light that should shine in that dark and perverted world. You cannot shine if you're partaking in the same things they're partaking in. You need to season your tongue with the word of God. Does that mean you need to preach at the people? No, it does not. But it does mean that your words hold weight, and you need to be very conscious and very careful of the words that you speak in their presence. Very, very conscious and careful of the words that you speak in the presence of others. Let me read again what, what Christ said. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and I have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. Now, here's here's the key to, to reiterate what I just said. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. What words are you giving to your people that are around you? Are you joining in on the dirty jokes? Are you joining in on the bashing of other people? Are you joining in on the gossip? Are you joining in... And laughing at things that really aren't funny. You know, I, I, I remember really funny um, years ago. I was at another job. And um, this one young lady had a, a habit of sending around daily jokes. And she would email them. And she emailed a joke that belittled God. And it was supposed to be he hee ha ha I politely went to her. I didn't email her back. I politely went to her, and I explained to her, please don't send this to me again, okay, because I don't find this humorous. My God is my world. I love him with everything that is within me, and that's not funny to me. And I did it out of love, you know. I didn't, you know, what you think you're doing, and da-da-da-da-da, and went to an attitude. I did not. It was like, I don't find this humorous. Please don't send it to me anymore. And she looked at me, and it was like, okay, you know, I was the same way about ethnic jokes. Now, funny to me, because if you remember, and I don't know if it's still relevant today, I don't know, but I know when I was growing up, they had what they called, quote-unquote, Polak jokes. And it was, you know, what, how many Polaks does it take to do this, and da-da-da-da-da. Well, Polish people are real people. And I'm sure they didn't appreciate being belittled by other people's jokes. And me being an African-American woman did not find Pollock jokes funny because there was somebody of a different persuasion telling a joke about a black person, and we weren't really called a black person. We were called the N-word, and that wasn't funny to me. You know, so if it's not funny to you for someone to belittle you, then it should not be funny to you for someone to belittle somebody else. I, I never, I also I grew up during a, a time when they used to call um, something about the dozens, that, you know, when they talked about your mama and your daddy, and, you know, your mama's so fat, she da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I don't play the dozens. That's what it was. You play the dozens. I don't play the dozens. Because the minute you say something wrong about my mother, or say something wrong about my father, it's on. Because I respect these individuals higher, highly. it ain't funny, you know, so you have to get to a place where you express the fact that, you know, not that you're better than anybody else, but you carry yourself in a higher standard of respect, put it that way, um, for other people, for other people, because I guarantee if they're laughing about this person today, they're going to be laughing about you tomorrow, and you're not going to find it funny, So make sure that you're that light, and the words that you are giving them are the words of God. They're going to look at you crazy. Yes, they're going to talk about you. They are. I'm just, you know, let's be honest. They're not going to embrace you. You know, they're going, really, they are going to talk about you. And, you know, you're a holy roller, you're a Jesus freak, you're this, you're that, or whatever. That's fine. That's, That's no problem. You can call me whatever you want to. It really does not affect the fact that I am royalty. I am a king's kid, okay? I am a queen in my own right because my father has given me that ability to rule and to reign because he has given me that, and I don't want to misappropriate that. And you think about this. Now, if you put everything in its proper context, okay, and if God has given you the ability to rule and the in the atmosphere in which you occupy. How are you doing that? How are you treating your quote-unquote subjects, so to speak? You know, those people, and not that they're bowing down to you and you don't want them bowing down to you and all of that. That's not my point. My point is we have all been given assignments, specific people as assignments. How are you treating your assignments? Are you teaching them how to better their lives? Are you teaching them how to stand up and be all that God has created them to be? Are you teaching them the fundamentals, the fundamentals of being a good person? And how do you do that? You teach it by living it out, by being an example, Look at what Christ said. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. The people that are around you, the people that God has given you to speak into their lives, be it your children, your grandchildren, you know, people in your church, whatever it is, you have been given the ability to speak positive things in these people's lives, and sometimes you do it just strictly by the very life that you're living. You live a life of example. So in that example, if you continue to treat them with reverence and respect, no matter who they are, what they're doing, maybe they're even talking about you, but if you continue to treat them with reverence and respect, eventually they're going to come come around. They, they really are. It, it's, it's almost like, you know, I know how I'm treating you, and you are still being nice to me. You are still being kind to me. I don't understand why you're doing that. That's, that's what's going to happen, and then it's by that very life that you're living before them that you are planting the seed of God within them, and someone else can come along and water it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people on on my job that will just come in and sit and just start pouring out their heart to me, and I'm sitting there looking at them like, okay, why are you here? And I'm busy, okay. But but I, I treat them with reverence and respect, and I understand that they're not drawn to me; they're drawn to the spirit of God within me. And they feel a sense of peace and comfort to be able to come and to talk to me. And so I have to treat that with respect. I have to keep their confidence, first and foremost, and not just go and blab to everybody everything they share with me. Okay, I have to keep their confidence. I have to pray over their situation, maybe not with them. You know, you may be in a situation that, you know, you're not at liberty to actually pray with that person at that time, but that does not stop you from praying over them, for taking their concerns to the Father, lifting it up to him, and leaving it there. Leaving it there. It's really important that I stress that because I don't want you to lift their burdens up and wind up. You're carrying their burdens and they're going on about their business. No, you can take their burdens to the Father. You can share their burdens with the Father and leave their burdens with God because you can't change it. It's all about him. It's all about him. Okay, so make sure, again, that the words you're speaking, you're choosing them very, very cautiously, and you're making sure that God is glorified in what you are doing. We're we'll continue on a little further in John, the 17th chapter. We're going now at the 13th verse when Christ is still speaking to his father, but he's still talking about you. He says that, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them the word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. Now let's look at that. So he said to the father, I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have a full measure of my joy within me, within them, I'm sorry. Now, remember, the word also teaches us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so the same measure of strength that Christ had to endure, to go through what he went through, to be lied on and spat upon and beaten and crucified, he had strength to endure those things. That same strength. Is within you. Now, you may not have to be spat on. You may not, you know, have your beard snatched out of your face. You may not be beaten. You may not be crucified on a rugged wooden cross. But there are things still that you are going to endure. You are going to endure the lies. You are going to endure people talking about you. You're going to endure isolation. Let me say that. You know, we are so busy trying to fit in, which is the majority of the time why we wind up, you know, in the situations that we're in, entertaining the conversations that we're entertaining, going to places that we're going because we want to be accepted of them. No, honey, you need to be accepted in the beloved, okay? You need to be accepted of God. That's where your your acceptance needs to come from. Okay, if you know that what you're doing is right before the Father,
0: that,
1: is, that should be your gratification. Okay, stop trying to please the world because you never will. No matter what you do, somebody is going to be at odds with you. There's always going to be somebody that does not like something that you are doing, something that you are saying, something that you are standing for. There's always going to be someone there that does not like it. Okay, always so you you got to shift your thinking shift your thinking shift how you carry yourself to shift how um how you present yourself you know just just in your mindset okay i'm going to say this it, it sounds a little cliche but before you do something ask yourself what would jesus do okay Ask yourself, you know, how would he handle the situation? And I'll go a step further. Don't just ask, what would Jesus do? Ask the Holy Spirit what you should do, okay? Because Christ was our example, but the Holy Spirit is your constant companion. The Holy Spirit is the one that will give you the exact word to As the oracle of God, the Holy Spirit is the one that will lead and guide your footsteps and tell you exactly where to go and what to do when you get there. It is the Holy Spirit's job, it is his job to walk alongside you and lead you into all truth, into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is the one that will tell you when you open your mouth, the word of God says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Let him fill it. Let him fill it. What did we just read that Christ said? I have given them your word, and the world hated them. Okay? It's the same thing today. God is giving you his word, and the world is not going to appreciate you for that word, but that's okay because, again, you want to be loved in the beloved okay you want to be loved in the, the will of God you want to be doing the things that God has called you to do. Let me tell you something and I have stressed this many times and, and I'm, I, I walk this out on the daily I walk this out myself. I have to keep in mind that my life on this earth okay my life in this this fear of this earth realm in which I exist is but a fleeting moment in the stretch of eternity. You see, I was created before I was placed in my mother's womb. I was created in the mind of God. I was in Jesus at the foundation of the world. I was already in existence. They brought me out of that place of position. The Lord did. God brought me out of that place of position and put me in a place of position on the earth realm because he had need of me. He had a job for me to do. Don't let anybody tell you God doesn't need you. Now, he doesn't need you to carry out what he's already spoken into existence because he's done it, but he does need you to be obedient to what he's called you to because your life is tied to so many others. And he has chosen, he has chosen to allow you to work these things out. He gave you the freedom of choice. He did not make you robotic. He did not make you slaves in the in the thought of, you know, I'm gonna beat you if you don't do this. He gave you, he gave you the freedom of choice so that you could freely choose to love him, so that you could freely choose to be obedient to him, so that you could freely choose to walk. Out your soul salvation in him and in freely choosing him you allow the holy spirit to lead god and direct your path and that's why the holy spirit dwells within you so that he can do exactly that so that he can lead you guide you direct you make sure hallelujah make sure that you have clear understanding of what god has called you to It's vitally important. God is so good. God is so, so, so good, you know, that he would create an environment for you to flourish in just simply by being obedient to him. I don't know what it's going to be like in heaven. I do believe we will still have tasks to take care of and things to do. And I do know that I did read the last book of the Bible, and I do know that we are coming back to this earth realm as a recreated built being. As, as Christ is now, so shall we be. And we're coming back when he comes back to rule and reign in this earth realm. So, you know, for those of you that are just heavenly minded, all you want to do is get to heaven. You're only gonna be there for a little while. Okay. Because <laughs> you're coming back. You're coming back. Read the word. Read the word. Read the word. Understand. Understand that, you know, we have different um to, to, to accomplish in the different places where God is placing us. So don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, that you forget that, you know, this is your time on the earth realm and you have a job to do while you're here. You have people to influence, people to show God to. In the beginning, they all knew him. They all knew him, but now, now he has called us to a place where some know him and some do not. So in this place that he's called you to, then you want to make sure that you are a living example so that you can point others to him. You know, you cannot get caught up in the way of the world and forget what you're in this world to do. And I'm so happy because I have just been talking now for 40 minutes nonstop, but hello, my co-host is on the line with us now. <laughs> Blessings to you.
2: Hey, what's going on? I am, you know, Colette, I do apologize. Had to, to work, and I don't have to tell you where I work at. It's uh, Dumb for lack of a better word. So a <laughs> um, lot of issues. So, uh, you know, but I'm I'm here. I'm here. What is going on?
0: Bless
1: God. Bless God. I'm glad you're here.
2: I, I was just basically just kind
1: of walking um, our listeners through St. John, the 17th chapter, so that we can get a clear understanding of the fact that we are not to get so caught up in the affairs of the world that we become as the world. You know, we're supposed to be those lights and stand out. And Jesus himself prayed for us so that we could have the ability to stand out in the world, not fit in in the world. So um, just kind of, you know, you can interject here the, the importance of standing out in God as opposed to sitting in, in the world. Are you walking somewhere? What is that noise?
2: Hold on. Okay, because so I had to get in my yeah, car. Hold much on. Much better. All
1: right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Okay. We praise you, Lord. All right. Um, is so, that better? You know, just kind of. Yes, much, much, much better. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so, just kind of interject your feelings on, you know, the the what's going on in in our our world today. Not not just America, but just in the world in general, and the importance of us being the light of God and the, and being what Christ prayed for
2: us to be in this world. Well, I think the the, the biggest issue is that. I've said this on uh, several occasions. People are born originals, but most die copies. Nobody wants to, hmm. you know, what's pos- what, what, is, what is such a blessing and a miracle in itself that God is big enough to fill this entire world but small enough to be inside of you. And because of that, because he has so many facets and dimensions to himself, we all are originals. But we find ourselves trying to be copies of one another. It's the originality that makes us unique, what he calls that peculiar people. And it bothers me when everybody wants us all to be the same. We're not the same. God has a road and a platform for all of us to be unique in that manner. Now, of course, we will have similarities and things of that nature because me and you, we can preach from the same scripture. But because mm-hmm. of our originality, or uniqueness, or our peculiarness, it will come different, and it will reach different people. So I tell people, yeah. stop trying to be like someone else. Be who God has called you to be, because there is a set group group of people uh, that God has specifically for you. The problem is, is is that what we do is we get caught up in trying to be something that we're not, and what happens mm-hmm. is is that that people that God has aside for you is now in prison. And they can't Mm -hmm. get out because you have a set word for them. So God has to either get you on the right track, which we have this thing called free will that messes up everybody. And so (laughs) when we decide that we're not going to do what we want to do, then that people stay in that prison that much longer until you either get Mm -hmm. straight or God raise up someone else. So that's why I tell people always stay in your purpose and the originality of God, who God has created you to be because there are people that you're going to speak to that's going to bring them out of their prison. You think about it. You think about Paul. Paul, to me, was the greatest witness of all because even when he was in prison, he still sent out letters to take people out of their prison. It doesn't matter what you're going through, and I think that's what people miss. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Yeah, a lot of times when you're delivering a word to deliver someone else, you're already in your own prison. But that's what makes you so effective. It's because you don't allow your circumstances or your situations to stop purpose. A lot of times we allow circumstances and situations to stop our purpose. Fear and worry is the biggest thing. We we have to deal with. It. But fear and worry is only interest paid in advance on something you may never own. Let me say that again. Ooh, say, that right again.
1: say that again. Say that
2: again. Fear and worry is only interest paid in advance on something you may never own. Stop oh. putting your time and being fearful and worried about a thing that may never happen. You take all this energy and put it into something instead of staying focused on God. See, that's what happened when, when my man got out of the boat.
0: See, fear and worry
2: kicked in. Uh-huh. Fear and worry kicked in. He did not stay focused. So you know what? Because he was walking. He, think. he was walking. P- 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 right. He was walking. Uh-huh. Then, the, the, then you know, that the, 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 a shifting came. That's what people don't realize. Uh-huh. Don't think you're just going to walk and it's going to be easy. Oh, that's uh-huh. something coming. So the the bottom line is that, but if he would have stayed focused, that would have hmm. there would have been no need. Yeah, you you see. think about you think about what difference it could have made to so all those other men that was on the boat, seeing Peter get out there and walk on that water. And 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 when he when he did it, how astonished they were. They had you know what they their faith. Just it grew instantly until mm-hmm. the Joker started saying, <laughs> and Jesus had to save him. Mm. You, you you see what I'm saying? A lot of times we mm-hmm. got people's attention, but then we get on focus and we lose them. Wow, we lose them. It's the same thing that happens in ministry. We can have a group of people that's with us, and we do something stupid. And they ain't calling no names, but we can do something real stupid, and we'll lose half the people. Some gonna stay with you, mm-hmm. but you are gonna lose half the people because the momentary you and yourself. lapse in judgment, momentary exactly. lapse in judgment, cost you everything. See, and people don't people don't get this. I I, I remember uh, the, the, the 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 I can't remember what, where it's at. I want to say in Kings, I'm not sure, but well, or 2 Kings, but it's about the woman with the uh the little bit of meal. And I always go back to this because this is what's so powerful. When, when the prophet came and asked her for water, she didn't have no problem giving the water because it was an unlimited supply of it. She had no problem with the water. But when he asked her for something that she didn't have that much of,
0: Mm -hmm. She said,
2: this is all I got right here ain't got nothing but a little bit Mm -hmm. Me and my son, we're going to eat this and we're going to die See, because God is never requiring The thing that you have plenty of Mm. He's trying to see your sacrifice As well as your obedience Now to make a long story short So I don't have to go through the whole thing The woman ended up Fixing the meal and giving them some But she had A reluctant obedience In doing it, a reluctant obedience is the same as disobedience. So because of just the hesitation, her son died. Her son died anyway. And it took the prophet three times, not once, not twice, but three times to speak to him to bring him back to life. And she was just in a momentarily reluctant obedience. She didn't walk in it long. You think about how long we walk in disobedience from not doing the things that God has called us to do. And then we want to go to church and think the pastor can just pray over us, and it's all going to be good. Well, you've been walking in disobedience for years. There is a process. So I said all of that to say this. We have to get to a place where we're in God, where we're just doing his purpose. Because people are losing their lives, they're losing their futures over bad decisions. Every decision you make going to do one of two things. There is no in-between. Hear me, uh, Ms. Collette, when I say that, there is no in-between. Every decision you make, I don't care how big or how small you think it is or how insignificant, going to do one of two things, going to add to your life or take away. Mm-hmm. There is no middle ground with this That's thing. Good. There is no gray area. It adds to your life or take away. So be the best version of who you can be that God has called you to be. And that's not mm-hmm. to say that we will not make mistakes. But what it is is that if you fall off, get back focused. Amen. If you fall on the wheel, get back on it.
0: Amen. If you jump Amen. off, jump
2: back on. Because you haven't failed until you stop trying. That's the only time you can say, I'm a failure at something, when you stop trying. Mm. But the bottom line is that Stop being selfish and think that it's all about you You got people connected to you and tied to you Folk kill me when they say they're grown I can't stand that Okay <laughs> I'm grown I growing. said well if you're grown that means you can't grow no more So you have no room for growth Never mm.
1: Mm. When we stop yeah. growing we stop living And that's the truth Exactly that's the truth. We stop living. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it, you know what, I, I am so at awe um, of how faithful God is. And I think you, you kind of mixed up a couple of stories in there in one with, with, with the woman. Because um, she, she did delay her obedience, but it was another woman whose son he brought back to life. Um, he had to take three times. That was the one that had built a little room for the, the prophet, uh, and he spoke for it that she was going to have a child. But
2: um, we still have to no, get no, to no, that no. place. No, 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 no. This is the story of the woman uh, where he, she, Elijah told Elijah that the crows were going to feed him. Then he went to the, the woman with the meal, but she had a son. She said, "Me and my son right. are going to eat and die." Go back and look at it. That he, her son actually died. Her son actually died. Okay, I have died. to look Elijah at that because I
1: didn't see that.
2: Yes, go back. Keep reading. Keep reading. Is there now that I'm sure about because I was like, oh Okay, my I have to check
0: that out Yeah. That her son out.
2: actually died, and he and he actually brought him. He brought him back. But he brought him back. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> But go ahead, I'm sorry
1: um, we, we forget And this is, you touched on exactly um, Some of the things that um, I touched on beforehand And so there's only one Holy Spirit The fact that we are tied to other people You know And, and when we do not realize Our sphere of influence the, You know what I'm saying the, the connections that God has given us When we miss it then everybody misses it. I love the way you put that, you know, Um, because it's vital. It's vital. When we start to engage in the ways of the world instead of standing out in the world, you know, because we want to fit in and, you know, excuse me, um, we don't want people to ostracize us, then those that are tied to us, their blood is going to be required at our hands. Right. Don't be required of our hands. And so, you know, we got to stop it. We really got to stop it. We we have to remember that we have to pray, you know, for these people that we may be so upset over and about instead of just getting in there and putting our mouth on people. One thing I learned a long, long time ago is that I really do not have a clue who's going to make it to heaven and who's not. I really don't. (laughs) I don't, you know, because it's not my choice. And there's going to be a whole bunch of them that I'm going to be looking for up there, and they're not there. And
0: That's some right. of them,
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm going to look around and say, how you get here? <laughs> mhm because, because the Father reads the heart of man, you know what I'm saying? And we so busy looking on the outer appearance. You know, it's kind of like Lazarus and the rich man, remember, you know? A rich man went to hell, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. Now in the earth realm it seemed like the rich man had everything going on and he walked past Lazarus and, you know, didn't even give him a cup of water. And right. He would have thought the rich man was all good, you know, so he was gonna skate on in. And he winded up in hell and the rich man and Lazarus was in the bosom of, of Abraham. So we gotta we gotta understand. You know, we've got to understand that we don't have a heaven or hell to put people in, but we are required to do what God has called us to do. And if we don't and that person misses it, then their life is required at our hands. That's not cool. (laughs) Not not at all. So, you know, while we're running around bad-mouthing everybody, and, and not only this oh DL, yeah, this this one that really gets me okay because mm-hmm. of who they were out in the world just like you and me cuz of who we were people going to look and say oh no they got to be faking it cuz i know them right i just know you know what i'm saying they were this they were that and the the the, the word is they were so stop trying to judge people on their past past Accomplishments or or indiscretion. You know, both, both ways. Because you can be up at the top of the mountain and fall all the way down, and those past accomplishments mean absolutely nothing. Or you can be all the way down there in the pit and be elevated (laughs) to the top of the mountain.
2: That's it. Ask
1: Joseph. (laughs) You know, ask Joseph. So we have to learn. We have to just stop putting our mouth on, on people and start praying. Speak forth the word of God. Let me tell you, I went last weekend. This is why I wasn't on, on the air. Um, John Eckhart was in town. You know, I'm in Atlanta for a while now. Um, anyway, John oh, well, Eckhart was in town. That. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'll be here for about six months. Um, but anyway, so he he had a prophetic activation. Um, at T.J. McBride's Church, and it was four different sessions, Thursday night, Friday night, two sessions on Saturday, and I was absolutely amazed at um, the spirit of God and what he stirred up in, in the, the spirit of the people. It was an incredible thing to to encounter. But here's what what I left with even stronger within me that I already knew before I went, but it was even stronger how careful we have to be with the words we speak, how truly, truly careful we have to be with the words we speak because they are life, they are power, you know, and I, I said this to someone recently, I was standing in a, um, a grocery store, and I looked at a tabloid that was, you know, how they have it on the check stand, and this is dropping my spirit. The reason so many celebrity marriages fail is because the word is constantly going out against them. So these tabloids put these headlines, and so-and-so is getting a divorce, so-and-so is doing this, so-and-so is doing that, and you got millions of people repeating what they're reading, whether it's true or not. But those words are constantly being bombarded out in the atmosphere. And then the next thing you know, so-and-so ain't make it. We've got to stop just speaking things just because. You know what I'm saying? Right. We've got to yeah. monitor the words that we are speaking. And all of this sitting around bashing everybody, be it like I said this at the beginning of the show, be it the ex-president, the current president, or whoever else, instead of sitting around bashing everybody, you better be going to God in prayer. And not these white witchcraft prayers, but these prayers that say, according to, to Timothy, that say, God, you told me to make supplications for all men and to pray for all those who are in authority. So, Father, as your mouthpiece, give me the prophetic word to speak over this individual. What do you want me to call forth in the earth realm to existence? Because we're not doing that. We are such a divided people. Yes. You're such a divided people. Why do you think that all of these laws and things are changing by these minute groups of people that should not have the power that they do? And the reason they're able to do it is because we who have been given the power stand as a divided people, and any divided people cannot stand. So we lose and give up the power that God gave us.
2: Stop. Yeah, I tell you, we better come. We better come together as a. Uh... A praying group and this is what I'm saying When the people of God when you see things like this You know going on That's when we should get together If we, we always talk about Them taking the the prayer out of the Schools well okay well mm-hmm. Why don't we come together I understand that we come together For the march and things of that nature But I'm saying as a Christian community Or just as a a, a a Body of Christ come together And mm-hmm. let's pray uh, For you. uh the president, that's what you know, let's, let's, let's pray for, you know, that's the educator the and the decision.
1: Prayer of the righteous
2: changes things. Right. And so if you won't change, everybody's doing all these things. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody do what it is that you do. I don't have a problem with the marches and, you know, the activists and things of that nature. But what are we doing as a body of Christ? Methodist, right. Baptist. <laughs> you know, all we're around
1: bad mouthing you know, everybody. We're not doing what God told us to do,
2: which was fun. right. So exactly. So that's the time that we need to to come together because what you don't understand if we don't come together, yeah, there's going to be some, uh, you know, some division. You know, prayer changes things. If you believe that, then uh, thank you. Let's come together and be about it. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's pray mm-hmm. on it. And and watch God make some changes, even in that White House. I thank you absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much for calling, in, D.L. I appreciate you. We're at the end of the show. You saved the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like okay, I don't know about that. Hour, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I love you, man. I love you. Thank you so much for love calling. Love you. Too. In I did not know you were in Atlanta, have... though. I got
2: to get with you. Yeah.
1: All right. For real, I'm here.
0: Don't
2: so mad. So, so uh, <laughs> you went down a notch I said I know you didn't let I'm excited You tell me yeah Okay
0: <laughs> Bless God We'll talk But anyway guys. Okay,
2: got right.
1: Thank you guys for tuning in We will be back at you next week Same God channel Same God time You guys be blessed Love you man
2: Love you too sweetie
0: You